welcome to Mommy with Mama Sal's Bad Words. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I, I did it. Good job. Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high-rise or low-rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. Welcome to season four of Mom Jeans. This season is called the Bite Size Education Series, where we give you quick bits of science and psychoeducation to help you in your journey towards body respect. This season, we will be answering your listener questions and interviewing amazing experts to expand your knowledge. So get ready for easily digestible, pun intended, pieces of education in podcast form. Welcome back to our final episode of season four. Thank you for coming along with us on this journey of bite-sized education. We hope that the listener questions and our little nuggets of information here were kind of helpful as you're continuing to do your journey of healing from diet culture. So we are going to wind up with kind of circling back to parenting and pregnancy. And the reason we're going into this is because, drum roll, as you all know, (laughs) Tina is pregnant. I love how it's like this announcement. Hopefully y'all have heard it. Just in case you've missed it. Okay. Woohoo. Tina is expecting baby number two. And so we figured why not while she's in the actual phase of body change and growing a human, we should kind of chat all about the ups and downs of pregnancy and the body change and kind of touch on this. Yes. Yes. We will touch on this. And we also want to let everyone know that because we are all about self-care and we know that Hopefully, if you are listening, you can appreciate what we're about to do, but we are going to take a bit of a hiatus from the podcast, and this is really meant out of self-care for myself, recognizing that I am about to enter into one of the most difficult, in my opinion, parts of parenting exhausting due to sleep deprivation. And so this isn't really going to be a time that I am willing to do the podcast. And the podcast is a hobby for Rachel and I. We don't get paid for this. We make zero money. It actually costs us money. And so we mm-hmm. continue to remind ourselves that this is a really fun hobby for us and we want to keep it that way. And so with that, we aren't going to treat this as anything that's an obligation or creating stress in our life. And so we're just taking a bit of a break. 
So we really appreciate everyone sticking with us and um, embarking on this journey, but we are going to pause a bit. But you can continue to follow us on social media because we will continue to be putting up educational posts and kind of checking with our listeners in that form. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into the listener question. And that is, Dear Mom Jeans, I am currently pregnant with my third kid and I am noticing the different challenges that this pregnancy has versus the past pregnancies. I hear everyone talking about the importance of self-care during pregnancy, but honestly, I don't have time. How is this even possible? What does self-care look like when your life doesn't feel like yours anymore? What if I'm upset with my body because it's in pain and sore and tired? I need your advice. Thank you, pregnant parent. (laughs) I want to, before we dive in, I want to acknowledge that this could be a triggering concept and conversation for some listeners because if you have struggled with infertility, if pregnancy has not been the path in which you became a parent, this might be something that you kind of don't relate to or brings up uncomfortable feelings. So please, you don't have to listen, take some self-care. We also acknowledge our privilege that we have been two pregnant parents and we have been pregnant with multiple pregnancies. And so we understand that this is not something that we're just going to kind of scoff at and like, oh, pregnancy is terrible. Like it is absolutely an honor and a privilege. And so we absolutely are making sure that we are acknowledging that um, before we kind of dive in. Just want to give a little bit of a shout out in that area. Yes. And I am going to be pretty real in this episode. So, and I am in the midst of it. So I think I appreciate Rachel acknowledging that privilege. And also, yeah, if this is something that is a trigger for you, I would uh, really encourage you to self-care and skip this episode. We also are going to be acknowledging that we may use the word mama uh, in talking about pregnancy, but we are really fully recognizing that uh, all gender identity individuals can be can be pregnant. And so we will be interchanging uh, terms of mama, of parents, of all of the above. And so we are honoring the fact that any individual can be pregnant. All right. So Tina, we're going to interview you. Oh, How's it going with all of your body changes? Do you relate to this listener oh since gosh. it's your second pregnancy? Totally. And I'm just kind of share with us about how you're doing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this has been such a different pregnancy than the first. I feel like the first was pretty easy. I was was very uh, privileged in the sense that uh, I did not have any complications. And um, outside of the first trimester, nausea and fatigue, I felt pretty good. I stayed pretty active. I actually like ran a couple running races and like PR'd. (laughs) I have no idea how. Uh, I traveled to Spain and did this running race that was like multiple days long. I ran a lot of races. It was just like my, my body and I were in sync. But I think the biggest difference in that to now is that my time was my own. And so I could rest when I needed to. I could really um, do fun things when I wanted. I was just at a different phase. And now what I'm noticing is that uh, I just don't, my time is not mine. Um, 
and this comes with challenges of just the dynamic of my um, marriage. My husband travels for a living and works in the film industry. So his hours are extremely challenging. And so when he is working, it's like he's not really around. And so that means a lot of it gets put onto me. And um, I have one child that's almost three, Henry. We've talked about him. And he just you know, takes up a lot of my time. I also have a group practice and multiple businesses. So I feel like I'm, you know, while I have really healthy boundaries, it it just feels like when I'm not working, I'm trying to fit in so many things that include self-care for me, but it's, it's hard. It's really hard. So I feel tired. I feel sad. Sometimes I feel, um, like I want to be doing other things, but just don't know how to fit them in. Um, my body doesn't feel as strong as it did. Uh, I also am bigger in this pregnancy. And so um, people have commented on that in maybe unintentional, non-harmful ways, but it just, it just has been a really extreme different experience. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Each pregnancy really is different because each pregnancy is not only a different human, but a different age, different hormone level. Um, and if say, not, this is true, but like, say we're a 100% human and each thing we have in our life takes a percentage from us. Well, okay. Your job takes a percentage. Your relationship takes a percentage. Your family takes a percentage. Your kid takes a massive percentage. And then this pregnancy takes another percentage. So I feel like with each child or each pregnancy, you're dividing yourself up Mm -hmm. more and more and more. So when I listen to this listener question, it's like, you are dividing yourself and so many ways and that is really dysregulating and it can be challenging and then when we have this like pressure to look and appear a certain way in our pregnancy that takes up another element of a percentage and so if there's anything that I can kind of share with our listener question here it's how can you let go of some of the pressure of appearing a certain way and put it at just put that to bed because you've got so much else going on that needs your your energy and your emotional like awareness that let's just let go a little bit of pressure but we also know that bodies change and in episode In season one, we did a lot of fascinating episodes for those of you who are interested in checking those out. We've talked about stretch marks and pelvic floor and thyroid and nursing and all kinds of stuff. So definitely go back and look through some of the Mom Bod series because we definitely chatted a lot about just why and how your body changes because we know that it's a big emotional piece. It's just trying to figure out like, What is this alien form that I'm currently living in? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the frustrating pieces for me is that um, last pregnancy, I was able to like get all these maternity clothes from a friend. And then this time around, I like, I needed to basically wear maternity clothes at like six months or six weeks, six weeks. I, my belly popped and I was like, oh, I can't fit into my pants anymore. Um, and then those maternity clothes I quickly grew out of and then needed to get more maternity clothes. And, and they're so expensive. Well, for those that know me, I'm like a very zero waste human. And so like clothes is one of those 
are one of those things where I'm just like, ah, so it's hard for me to just like buy clothes that I know quickly I'm going to like not need. And so outside of like my buy nothing group and like other friends, I've really had to kind of set that part of my brain aside and honor the self-care of like, I need to have pants that feel comfortable. I need to wear shorts that feel comfortable. And so I'm going to have to suck it up and buy some, some shorts, some pants. Um, and it's that, that's been like a mental mind challenge for me. But the priority of feeling, yeah. And the priority of feeling okay and comfortable in your body had to override the value of saving. So I think I view our values and our priorities as like one of those like old school European train station, like time ticker boards where, you know, when like the next train comes up, the whole board goes like, ticks down. I don't know if anyone's been to Europe like 20 years ago, but that's kind of how I picture it. It's like we have a ton of values and priorities that are constantly on our list. But every day or every hour even, the ticker board has to shift around. And sometimes at the top has to be your body comfort and the saving has to go down a little bit. And other times the savings up top because the body comfort's not as important in that moment. So I think what you're talking about and what this parent is also writing in about is like, how do I figure out what pri- what to prioritize and what to value? And if there's anything we can just acknowledge, it's exhausting and it's a constant balancing act of figuring out when and what to do. But what would it look like for each day to kind of go like, okay, I have to make sure that mental health um, is at some point top of that leaderboard and self-care or a good night's sleep or water or adequate nutrition is at the top of that. So constantly making sure that it's not just like I give everything for my kids at the top and everything else is further down on the ticker board. You got to kind of constantly be doing a shuffle. At least that's what I've learned because I've been pregnant a few times and I have a few kids and I definitely feel like it was always a balancing act of what and where and how am I going to kind of focus my time and energy right now and it shifts every five minutes I feel like (laughs) my self-care one of my self-care has been uh setting boundaries with family um and so the first pregnancy I feel like I really adapted that pregnancy to what other people needed so other people wanting to be present for the birth other people wanting to come visit soon after the birth and um what that did for me is it it was really harmful for my mental health um and I just didn't know any better so this time around I have set very healthy boundaries that uh it will just be my husband and I in the birthing room. Um, and we are not allowing visitors until question mark. Um, and so we've really, uh, set that boundary with family that, um, we don't know when you're going to be able to come visit. Um, we will let you know based off of how we feel. And I know that is hard. And I know that may mean that you might not see the newborn because all of our family lives out of town. Um, But it is really what we are needing. And we're learning how to be at that point now a family of four and not um, 
trying to entertain or figuring out what other people are needing. Wait, sorry. So you're saying that I can't be there for the birth so we can record an episode all about birthing? I know. Tina, this is the this is <laughs> this is how you're telling crazy? me right now. <laughs> uh, but that's so that has been some of the reactions, oh. right? Like, but but wait, you're you're telling me that this isn't going to be okay this isn't going to be how it's right. happening. And, and like, I'm not going to be able to experience right. this. And it, I You're taking something away from me is what people are saying. I am right. Yeah. And so what I remind people is none of, none of these boundaries are meant to be harmful. None of these boundaries are intentionally in any way meant to hurt your feelings or saying that we don't love or care about you or want you in our lives or this baby's life. But what it is, saying is that in order for me to take care of myself, I'm asking that you honor this and we are not budging. And so when we framed it like that, there have been emotions, people have been sad, but they've come around. You know, it's interesting because we talk so much about intuitive eating and letting go of diet rules and structure, right? And I feel like what you're talking about kind of has the same language there. Like in order to be birthing that's a very intuitive process like you have to be very mindful about your body about its needs and there's a lot of cues your body is going to be giving off whether it's contractions whether it's need for sleep whether it's need for nutrition and it can be really really distracting when you feel like you're also then living up to some sort of social rules of like this person needs to be here and this person wants to be here and I think what ends up happening is a massive body disconnect when we're trying to people please and we're not being mindful so I think I think what you're talking about is going in order for me to stay intuitive and stay mindful to what my body needs the new baby needs and my other child needs. Oh, right. And then my partner needs. There's a lot of us now. I actually kind of need to take a break from feeling the pressure to people, please. So I think what you're talking about is going, I have to let go of rules and of expectations and of structure in order to be honoring and attuned with my body. 100%. It flows me into my second major self-care point. Which like, okay, you know, it's like the first pregnancy, I was like, oh, I'm going to take a bath right now, right? I'm going to take a bath with bubbles Mm. and light some incense and be really quiet and whatever. That has that bath time going these days. (laughs) I have a toddler in the bath. I feel like I know the answer to that. Taking me in my vagina, basically. Yeah. The other day, it was so funny. He was like, he was in the bath with me and he was like, mama, your boobs are huge and your nipples, right? I was like, okay, yes, buddy. This is what happens when we grow babies is that our bodies change and our boobs get ready for mama milk. And then he's like, I'll take some mama milk now you know so we're gonna have some challenges yeah so Mm. that's how my baths are looking and they're not relaxing at all he I feel like he's just like abusing my body anyways so my parts one of my self-care tools that's piggybacking off of what you said Rachel is that no more people pleasing, no more stretching myself so thin. And so therefore I'm asking for help. And so an example is, is my husband's on the six week movie and his days off are Mondays and Tuesdays, 
but they work evenings on Sundays, which means that they go in at like 2 p.m. on Sunday and they get off at like 4 or 5 a.m. on Monday. So really, he has about a day and a half off. And it's challenging. They're working 70, 80 hour weeks shooting this movie. But what I did tell him is that on Mondays and Tuesdays, on your day off, you are in charge of Henry. Obviously not Monday morning because you'll still be sleeping, but Monday evening, you'll pick him up from school. You'll be in charge of dinner. You'll be in charge of bath. Tuesday, you will pack his lunch. You will bring him to school and repeat, right? Pick him up, prep dinner and um, put him to bed and all that stuff. And those two days are my days off. Now we may engage in things as a family, like eating dinner together or, you know, playing outside together before bath time and bedtime, but I am not going to be engaging in the care for Henry on those days. That is really hard for me because I think that out of his almost three years of life, I have given him a bath and put him to bed like 95% of the time. And while I love it and I cherish all the moments, I am tired. I, I do need breaks. I need to go and like lay in bed and watch mindless TV, or I want to go outside and just enjoy the, the sound of crickets or whatever. I just don't want to read freaking Goodnight Moon for the 900th million time. I just don't, right? And so my self-care is putting some of that onto him, onto my husband, even if he's like, well, I'm tired too. And I'm like, I hear you. And this is also, I'm not here to please your needs. I'm here to please mine. And it's a boundary. And so that's going to look different for everyone. But I want to say that like the mama guilt is real. The parent guilt is real. And so I've had to do my own therapeutic work around that and get support around that. And that asking for help and putting some responsibility on my partner is, is okay. And I deserve that. So that's been one angle. Yeah. And I'm proud of you for those boundaries. And my heart also kind of is considering how your husband feels too when he's yeah. exhausted and working. And I think oftentimes partners don't have the language to express that they struggle too. And if if you listen to the previous episode from last week where we chatted about postpartum depression, you know, fathers and partners can get postpartum as well or just yeah. struggle with the transition too. And so I think one of the things that you're kind of, as you're saying, what I'm thinking is maybe a self-care is too you and your partner sitting down and talking together about how you're both emotionally overwhelmed, how you're not in this alone, that you are in it together. If you have a partner who's able to kind of share that and express that with you, you know, that might feel part of the self-care is just like, hey, can we have a little joint therapy session here where we both kind of express just mentally, physically, emotionally, how we're both doing here and support one another, still set the boundaries. This is what I need. This is what my partner needs. But, you know, we're, we're in this together and we're kind of in this transition time together. And also, please rub my feet while we talk. I know. <laughs> Can you clip my toenails? I can't reach them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Well, Tina, congratulations Thank from you. myself, from all of our listener community. And we wish you the best of luck in 
your birthing and becoming a family of four and in your maternity leave. So we hope you get lots of rest and bonding (laughs) and we support your break and your process. And listeners, you can kind of continue to stay engaged with us and send Tina your well wishes as well on social media. And feel free to kind of keep going back and listening to old episodes if you miss our voices. Yeah. If you can do anything, listeners, I really would love for you to send me those vibes, those baby vibes of my child sleeps three to four hour stretches pretty soon into the birthing right I just got tired remember I know come on just send me those vibes these children these little kids do exist these newborns do exist I've seen them I've had friends have them please please okay that's what I'm begging and if not I will be okay because it's all temporary and whatever anyways thank you all for listening thank you for supporting us through another season season four oh my gosh and we will keep you posted when uh season five we have plans for season five uh so stay tuned follow us on social media and we'll see you you soon That's a wrap on this episode of the Bite Size Education Series, and we hope this new information provides you with a more critical lens when you hear mainstream diet culture messaging. You can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, at MomJeansThePodcast, and feel free to email your own listener questions to MomJeansThePodcast at gmail.com. If you loved the episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and recommend the episode to a friend. Sending you the inner strength to accept your jeans with a G and wear the jeans with a J. Bye. This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LaBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast and join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.